0: Welcome to, or welcome back to, the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Phillips, and my goal is to empower you to take that next step on your health and fitness journey. As a fitness, health, and lifestyle entrepreneur, I will share with you stories of triumph, struggle, optimism, and empowerment in all aspects of fitness and health from myself and many guests who have overcome the same obstacles you are working through today. Let's dive into today's topic and get you some actionable steps to apply to your journey. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Phillips, and I'm super pumped to have you here today for this episode because I'm interviewing a newfound friend of mine. Her name is Tanya Silva, and we actually met on Instagram. So love this power of social media. You can actually use it, it blah, blah, use it to be social. Who knew? But I'm excited for you all to hear what she has to say because she has a very different approach from me. Not in the broad aspect of fitness and health and just living your best highest self, but she doesn't track a thing. She does not weigh herself. She doesn't, she's not in that meticulous, mindset that I am for a very good reason and I think it's so important to showcase that there are different types of coaches and we all have a different skill set to bring to the table and she has a very beautiful approach it was really really cool to just have her dive into her story which I think a lot of you are going to be able to relate to the struggle that she has overcome it's not uncommon to go through some sort of an eating disorder and have nobody else understand it and be able to work through that and have to coach yourself honestly for a little bit to figure out how to find the right type of coach to figure out what you actually need so her story is just really really powerful but she's all about eating what makes you feel good and doing exercise that makes you feel good and is Fun and exciting things like rollerblading and salsa dancing, you know, using salsa as your best form of cardio, things like that. So, I'm really excited for you to hear about just how she portrays herself and brings across this message to you where you have to put on your oxygen mask first and really practice self care as a non negotiable part of your life. And other than that, before we dive in, I just wanna quickly apologize for the background noise. We had a lot of technical difficulties in the beginning and I was editing, or not editing, I was recording this audio clip from inside a Whole Foods thinking I could just mesh this into my day. And it worked out pretty well, but you can definitely hear the background noise. So just to give you a heads up on that. But without further ado, let's dive into this interview and I can't wait to hear what y'all have to think. Make sure if you enjoy it, click that subscribe button so that you don't miss out on another episode with the Fitness Empowerment Podcast and make sure that you, you know, share it with your friends, share this story with somebody that you know is going through something similar and you know it can help them. I totally appreciate it and I love you for that. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Danny Phillips. I am your host, and I have a podcast called the Fitness Empowerment Podcast, where we talk about all things fitness, health, and travel, making sure that we are living a healthy, balanced lifestyle while out and about, on the go, and on vacation. So I'm super excited to be interviewing you here today, Tanya. I'm so grateful that you reached out to me and that we've been able to connect a couple times now. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you
1: so much for having me on, Dane. It's such a pleasure. I'm so grateful.
0: Yay. Okay. So we are going to, obviously your listeners already know you, but my listeners do not. So we're going to go through a quick speed round of questions. That way anybody who doesn't know you can kind of get to know you in a hurry. So are you down for that?
1: Totally down. Let's do it. Love hot seats. Yes.
0: Perfect. Okay. So first question is, where are you from? So I'm located
1: in Pompano beach, Florida. That's where I live for now.
0: (laughs) Is that where you're from as well? Yeah, I'm from Florida.
1: Yes, I'm a native Floridian.
0: Okay, cool. Born, born and raised and kind of been born there most life? Born and
1: raised, yes.
0: Beautiful. Love Florida. was there last month and I'll probably be there again in September. My sister actually is going to school there, so we might have to meet up. <laughs> I am totally down to collaborate
1: and meet awesome, optimistic, positive people. It would be my honor, seriously.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so we've got where you're from and where you are now. What do you do?
1: So I do personal training, and I run online and also in-person personal training programs, courses. Um, I have something called the b Academy, which is best version of me.
0: Ooh, and I like
1: that. Yeah. So it's really, about, it's really about that. And in a nutshell, I teach people how to build a healthy relationship around food exercise and overall self-care. So that they're mentally,
0: physically, and emotionally strong. Amazing. Amazing. Okay, so favorite hobby outside of fitness and health work?
1: Outside of fitness? Gosh, that's like my life, my favorite, favorite. hobby. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I think when you're in the fitness industry, it it's a lifestyle. And to say that um, – have a hobby outside, I mean, my hobbies are, like, salsa dancing, um, but it's still fitness-related. You know, I do a lot of hot yoga at Anatara. Um, I guess I, I should have clarified, like, outside of business
0: work. So salsa, oh, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I still consider it cardio. So it's I still consider it, like, part of the realm of fitness. Like, literally, like, I am what I teach and I think Mm -hmm. you know that as well you have to it's one thing to go and preach and be a preacher and just tell people to do things but it's much harder to actually be it and I feel that being is so much more impactful than actually speaking and teaching so absolutely I mean hobbies too are just figuring out all this stuff podcasting, webinars, all that other stuff.
0: So It's true. It's, it is. It's really hard to pinpoint, like, what do I do for fun? Because right now we're doing what we love for fun. <laughs> yeah, I so. mean, I think that's the best part is,
1: like, you become what your brand is. Fitness is fun. Fitness is a hobby. It's It's a way to create mental and emotional stability, um, rollerblading. I rollerblade a lot. I mean, it's, it is, it's fitness. I
0: mean, it's who I am. I'm sure you can relate. Yes. Oh, I totally can. Totally can. Yeah. Okay. So we'll dive more into that favorite vacation spot. Usually a lot of people go to Florida for vacation, but since you live there, do you have a favorite vacation spot that's outside of Florida?
1: Favorite vacation spot. Uh, I love Florida. (laughs) (laughs) So you vacation Florida. at home. <laughs> yeah, I totally vacation at home. I feel that anybody who literally does live in Florida, I mean, right now it is hurricane season, so it's been a lot of rain. A lot of Floridians are kind of feeling that seasonal affective disorder of like, you know, the grayness. Um, there are places I have wanted to go. I haven't been able to travel a lot, but I do would love to go to Spain. I love mm-hmm. to go to Greece. I love to go um, yeah, so I, I haven't – anywhere Caribbean that's warm and you can wear a bikini. Like, that, those would be places I would love to vacation. Oh, that sounds amazing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite type of food? Um, I just love food, period. All of it? <laughs> There's no um, – No, I just love all food. I love foods that – and I know we're going to speak deeper into this in the interview, but I love – foods that are that allow me to feel the way that I want to feel in my body. It's something called body goals and aligning myself where I love flavor. So I mean, it just depends because the course that I'm running this weekend is called the food prep boot camp. And it's about like kind of seasonal food. So right now, like basils in season. Ooh. Um, so I made this really amazing, like fresh organic basil pesto sauce. Mm, um so and I use that as like my condiments. I love ice cream, but I don't like the way that ice cream is feel. So I make my protein shakes where they almost taste like ice cream. You know, and I make these homemade cookies. Mm. So I mean I love food. It just really depends on like, you know, what I'm feeling. It's gotta make me feel good. Um and it's gotta taste good. So it just depends. I mean really I, I love, <laughs> no simple I answer love to that one. <laughs> I love quality, simple ingredients, um, organic, just like healthy foods.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite type of exercise? I mean, this kind of gets diverse too. I love so I,
1: I more teach people about movement patterns because I love multiple forms of exercise. Like, so for example, my movement pattern is a flowy type of dance-ish exercise. So that's why I connect heavily with salsa dancing, rollerblading. I love a lot of cable strength training, cables and dumbbells. I don't like anything impact-based, but I also don't like doing the same thing. That's why I can't, like, specifically answer it because I love hot vinyasa. I love Raja. But they're all, uh, like, a flowy pattern of, like, a different form of dance, which is, like, Control but not impact but still get your heart rate up. Ooh, I like that. Okay So it's kind of like this realm of like this flow hot movement I love yes, that. like a flowy Movement that gets my heart rate up, but they're all like different. And those are things too that I teach like in my courses is
0: Identifying your movement pattern Very cool. Very cool. Okay. We'll have yeah. to dive into them. Yeah, I'm taking notes here too. identifying yes. movement patterns Okay, so what what is exciting in your business right now? I know you've mentioned a couple of courses. Are those kind of like your peak things at the moment? Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm probably going to be like, uh, like I love options. I love providing options. So I just go with the energy and I go with what's like, what's going on right now. A lot of right now is food prepping. So food prepping, people have downtime, it's summertime barbecues. So right now my course that, that is in the biggest demand is food prepping. Okay, Uh, and not necessarily like the what's of eating. So this is geared towards people who might like be junk food addicts or like paleo, vegan. It really doesn't matter. It's more based on teaching people like the strategies and the blueprint behind like successfully food prepping regardless of what their options are. Um, I mean, I have courses built out. So there's another one called Body Goals. I love teaching people how to – that goal is based on like intrinsic goals versus mm-hmm. extrinsic goals. So like aligning yourself back to what you were saying, aligning yourself to feeling the way that you want to feel. So one of my biggest things is food satisfaction, like leaving my meal feeling satisfied every single meal, not like craving more or overly stuffed or whatever. So those are the two courses that I have running right now. But you know, that's because that's the, the energy of what's happening right now. So, they want food course, they want like habit resets, they want to just feel good. Um, yeah, and of course, um, exercising and personal training, those awesome. realms. Awesome. So much, you have so much going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and learning all this stuff, like, I love, I'm really wanting to collab with other professionals. That's like been on my list collaboration.
0: Yes, um, same with me. It's been a big year. Yeah, absolutely. So who is the biggest influence in your life right
1: now? Right now, my biggest influence is my really, I don't like getting spiritual, but I mean, if I'm answering this, honestly is with God. And I feel that yoga has helped me tremendously build that relationship with my higher self. We all Mm -hmm. have different versions and layers of ourselves. Some we like, and some we don't like. And we all have a God within us or whatever word you want to say, the universe or the metaphysical or a
0: unicorn or, you know, some sort of higher power that you resonate with. Yeah. Whatever
1: energy form you want to identify with, you know, that's your verbiage. But I feel that, um, uh, yoga has tremendously as well as I have coaches that I have, which I know we're talking about coaches. I have coaches that have tremendously, helped me with that connection and learning to really trust my higher self and to operate and function from that space. Perfect.
0: Perfect. Okay. So much to dive into. Last speed round question. What is the best part about your job? Being of service. The best part of my job
1: is really um, being of service and to help people who are struggling to give them that form that bridge, you know, and and something that I learned. I did a chakra workshop a couple of weeks ago, and they were identifying what trauma is. Trauma is literally not having an answer to. <laughs> somebody on my Facebook said something about unicorns. <laughs> not literally having no answer and having no possible solution to a problem or a challenge. So. I feel that to be a coach, you're able to give people and provide people with tools to not be in a space of trauma and that so that they actually feel capable of getting from where they are to where they want to be. And I find that that's the power behind being able to be a coach is to give people that hope and to also see the transformation and having them recreate a new normal for
0: themselves. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's it's getting from point A to point B after defining what point A and what point B are like that roadmap to success that has the outside objective view of a coach to help you out. Mm -hmm. That's huge. It's huge.
1: (laughs) You know, I know you're you're like smiling because you're like, yes, being of service, helping people. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, I think we sometimes we forget because we get caught up in like, all the, you know, social media and the distractors and this and that. But at the end of the day, everybody gets into the service based business because of the reward of actually helping people and seeing like how grateful people really are when you're able to provide them with a solution to provide them with tools and resources to step into their, their best self. Definitely, absolutely.
0: okay, so let's dive into a little bit more background on you because you have all of these amazing courses and things and that you're passionate about and I want to bring people a little bit of context to your story and how you became this amazing coach that is so passionate about what she does. So when you first reached out to me, you kind of mentioned that you had initially lost sixty pounds you have this amazing story so take us through a little bit of your journey and Know how you got to become this coach today, and what were kind of those events that you went through, and how did you overcome them? Yeah,
1: sure, that's a great question. So, um, definitely, I feel that everybody kind of has a backstory. And during the time, so I grew up an athlete, I played nine years of ice hockey, I got a college scholarship to play, and I was always into fitness. But from a very young age, I struggled a lot with body image dysmorphia. I struggled a lot with my weight. I struggled with insecurities and there was even a space of suicidal thoughts. Um, and I was in just a really, really dark space. So after I decided to um, to pursue, to, to end my, my athletic career as a ice hockey player and pursue really into like bikini and, and competitions. I didn't hire the best coaches, I didn't have the best experiences, Um, but and after I did my first competition, which I did very, very well in in my placement, um, I ended up with severe binge eating disorder, and at the time, it wasn't even classified as an eating disorder, and so nobody knew how to help me, I felt out of control, Um, within a year time span, I had gained 60 pounds of, of undesired weight in one year, that's a lot, that's trauma. Um, I was a lot of weight for one year. Yeah. I was binging every single day. I had no control around food. Um, and it was just like a spiral effect. And I did reach out for help, but it was embarrassing from that. If you look into people who are compulsive binge eaters, they also are compulsive skin pickers because what it is, the behavior behind it is you're looking for instant gratification to numb the pain to numb undesired emotions and feelings. And so once you finish your binge, you are feel so horrible that you need another instant high. And a lot of times like you go into like picking something that's not even there. So my skin and my face was like all blood stricken and like just torn up. And I didn't even have acne, but it was the behavior and it was, I was mentally unwell. I was mentally ill and going through that and seeking out help and nobody knew how to help me was was very, um, it was traumatic. But now that I look back, it was one of the greatest gifts I could ever receive because of the ability and the capacity I have to now help people and to be of service and the information that I have. Most coaches and professionals cannot help the category of people that are yo-yoing, who are yo-yo dieters, emotional eaters. Now, I don't get into the realm of helping people with addictions because it's too dark for me And that's not my area of expertise, but I do very, very well with people who are constantly in that struggle of not able to find consistency, not able to, um, overcome Mm self-sabotage because a lot of it is more about the mental side that a lot of the fitness industry doesn't talk about. And that's where like, I really get passionate about because your body is not the cause it's the symptom. So, in order to shift a cause that that's undesired, because I don't like to go into good or bad, or um, I like to go into it's either desired or undesired,
0: because that's that's based based on like a person. That's a good way so, to think of it. And that's that's definitely something I battle with all the time is I hear people say, oh, is that good? Is that bad? And I want to be like, it's not good or bad. Like, what's optimal for you? It's based on what is going to improve your life or what is going to hinder your progress with your goals. But there's no good or bad because everybody's different. So what's good for yeah. you might not be good for somebody else. Exactly. So I've
1: learned to use the term, it's either desired or undesired based on indiv- individual preference. And you know, holding on to that extra weight was undesired for me because I didn't feel the way that I wanted to feel. Um, And that's what actually really triggered the body goals course that I teach and how I teach people how to set goals differently. I don't do body fat pinching with my students. I don't do caliper measuring. I don't do scales. I don't do I don't even have people measure food because what I've realized it's you are either connected or we're disconnected and that comes back to being desired or undesired. And that's, those things are just tools for that. It's an old paradigm. And it's, and it disconnects people in a sense of the mental, emotional and spiritual connection with the body and the mind and for us to really operate at our highest self. So um, I think I kind of went off on a tangent a little bit. Okay. So you're asking (laughs) more podcaster
0: for tangents. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm getting into coaching mode now. (laughs) So I uh, guess for those people who maybe aren't familiar with the term of binge or binge eating disorder, can you provide us a, a better description of what that is and maybe what that isn't where, where's the line? Is it gray?
1: Um, it's not a gray area, but a lot of people are confused about it because they think emotional eating, they, they'll call themselves a binge eater. But binge eating is classified as food addiction. It's a form of a food addiction. And any type of addiction is a heavily attachment to some form of a substance. So the substance would be food in this specific
0: case. Okay.
1: Um, but it, it's a form of, and any form of addiction would be um, a loss of control. So, for example, if you're just going to emotionally eat, at any point you can choose to stop. Binge eating is eating to the point where you literally cannot physically take any more food in your system to the point where you feel like you're going to – you are throwing up or you're going to throw up. Oh,
0: wow. Um, it has – That's an extreme.
1: It is 100%. But addiction is extreme.
0: Okay. So it's, you yeah, know, I mean, that's a really good distinction because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have that emotional attachment with food. But then the question is, are you eating until you feel physically sick?
1: Yes. So So you literally are make, it's like anything. It's like an alcoholic will make themselves physically stick sick where they're no longer, they're, they're not no longer who they truly are. So it's anything that can shift your paradigm of, of not even recognizing who you are and losing control over self. So there are points where we can get involved into a situation or circumstance in any space of our life and still be able to pull back and be like, wait a second, like, I don't want to go there. That's not who I truly am. When you're in a space of addiction or a food addiction, it's you're so heavily attached that you kind of, it becomes like a trance. Like mm-hmm. you're not even, you're not, you're, your rational self isn't even involved in the game anymore. Like in in that, in that circumstance or that space. Mm-hmm. So um, it one hundred percent is an extreme, and it 's also a sense of like having no control
0: okay, so at mm-hmm. this point where you you gained sixty pounds and you 've reached out and you can 't find a good coach to work with, like what did you do? How did you pull yourself out of that and then get the sixty pounds back off and get into this better place that you 're in today?
1: Sure, yeah, I mean, it definitely didn 't happen overnight. Um, a lot of it was you know any space that when you come from there, you have to surrender to a higher power. And for me, I I made the promise to myself that, number one, I accepted the space that I was in. You have to accept the space. So I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but I know I got a problem, and this isn't right, and this isn't where I want to be, and so I accepted it. I no longer tried to ignore it, or I no longer tried to pretend like there was nothing wrong with me or wrong with my behavior. Um, I accepted it and I also accepted that dieting wasn't working, mm-hmm. and I was only making me more mentally sick and physically sick. And it was creating—it was um, something a lot of words that I use often too—is called a trigger. So dieting was a trigger for my undesired behaviors. Gotcha. And and from there, so I had to identify not only I had to acknowledge and accept the space that I was in, but I also had to identify my triggers. Mm-hmm. And I had to, I had to make the conscious decision to let them go, regardless of how I was feeling. So I knew that the scale was a trigger. I knew that dieting was a trigger. I knew that body fat measurement was a trigger. You know, so I identified my trigger and I let them go. Um, and then from there, um, I just, um, I mean, there's it's such a process. That's why I built out courses based on all these. That yeah, take me a while. But I think the first thing is just, is really, um, I made the promise to myself that no matter, even if I stayed at the same size that I was at, that I was going to love myself. I was going to love myself and I was going to treat myself better and I was going to exercise in ways that I loved. I was going to eat foods that my body loved and that made me feel good. I was going to eat real foods versus diet, fake foods, and watching my sugars and this. And that. I was just going to eat things that made me feel good because I, I ate healthy foods. I binged on healthy foods. It wasn't that I was binging on garbage. You know, you can still gain weight and be eating healthy, quote unquote, isn't healthy. A, isn't that a
0: crazy fact? Is you can still overeat on healthy, good, natural sources of foods oh, if yeah. you simply overeat? Mm hmm. Yeah.
1: But the the food might be healthy, but the behavior does doesn't necessarily mean that the behavior is healthy or desired. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, that's another thing I like, I really teach people. But so um, I made the decision to answer your question, made the decision, you know, I'm going to love myself, even if I stay at this weight. I'm going to start dressing in ways that make me feel good, that make me feel attractive and that allow me to feel sexy and beautiful and confident in any way I want to feel. I'm going to start wearing mascara. I'm going to start going to the beach more, you know? And I think that that love love really is so healing, but it has to start with self. And, you know, and I think that that probably is going to be like, if anybody gets any message out of anything I'm saying, like really loving myself regardless of the size that I was.
0: And from there, the healing started. Amazing. So was there a specific like day or a moment or something where it was, it clicked, like you flipped the switch and you said, no more. I have to start loving myself today. Was there a
1: moment? Yeah. I mean, I was 22 years old and 34 right now. I was 22 and I remember stepping on the scale for my last time <laughs> do you and, step on a scale in 12 years. You know, they made me step on a scale <laughs> at the doctor's office. Okay. Like they made me do it, but at this point it doesn't affect my self worth anymore. Um, I don't own one. I don't have my students own one. Um, that's like the first requirement. I was like, you have to like get rid of it, but a lot of people have attachments to it. So I let them keep it. But I just know that if, anyway, if it affects you, (laughs) if it affects you mentally, if it affects you mentally, then some people can go on and it doesn't even affect them. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I am what I am, whatever. It's, I gained a little water weight and it's like, it doesn't affect them like emotionally. So that's fine. But for me, it did. But I had to because when I worked for corporate, for health insurance purposes, they made us. And um, it just, you know, and they really don't care what what your background is. They just want numbers for stuff. And then even as a trainer, like, because I was was still a trainer when I was going through all this, Mm -hmm. still did personal training, um, they – uh, I was saying, they I was still like considered overweight, and then I had to go through coaching and this and that. But they didn't even know; they didn't even give proper coaching advice because they don't know how to handle people who, you know, everything sounds so weird because it's everything that goes against what you're taught as a health coach. You know, a different way of measuring and a different way of doing stuff. But first and foremost, is we exercise more mental and emotional stability. So if we're doing things that are disrupting our peace of mind, um, you know, that doesn't make us mentally healthy, then yeah, scale wasn't one of those. So I had to, you know, I did if I had to go on, but for the most part, like me personally, a free will. That was the last time I did it for free will. Unless okay, I had, so
0: it was this, you were 22 and you stepped on the scale. And at that moment you said no more. I said, you know, This isn't working. It's triggering me.
1: I'm getting bigger. I was a size 16 at that point. I'm only 5'1". And when I was at my normal before competing, I ranged between a size like zero to a two. So I was like, how did I even get to the space? I was a zero to a two before competing. Mm -hmm. And now I'm a size 16. Like something, some, what I'm doing isn't working. And so I had to really connect with my intuition, with my higher self. Um, I believe we
0: all have it.
1: We just don't trust it.
0: It's, it's hard to have faith in your gut sometimes or in your higher power and to say, Hey, you know what, isn't working, I have to try something new. That is really, really hard. (laughs) Absolutely. But I I feel
1: that there's only so many times that you can, it's like any type of relationship. If you have a friend, a friendship, and you give them so many chances, and they continue to prove to you that they're a really crappy friend, and they're a really crappy person in general, how many times are you going to allow them to step over you and to treat you that way? It's the same thing that we have to we have to ask ourselves how many times am I going to abuse myself until I finally start to treat myself better until I started finally trying to try this whole like self care, self love thing because the other alternative isn't working and you mm-hmm. know what let me try. And if it doesn't work, I can always go back to this. Right. You know, so yeah, it, it is, it is really hard, but um, you know, they're just, I was at such a low point and sometimes people have to get to that point point that I just
0: didn't say, see any other option. Well, Hey, I think it's kind of like, you know, the whole Thomas and Thomas Edison, you know, he tried 2000 ways to make a light bulb and failed. No, he didn't fail. He tried, he had 2000 ways that didn't work. So he learned that these things didn't work. So you learned that that didn't work and then you you moved forward you said, okay, I'm going to test out something new. If it doesn't work, then I've learned another way that doesn't work. But if it does, I might, you know, I might be on to something.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's just how many times you want to get hit, you know, but at least you get back up and
0: that's what you got to do. Exactly. Okay. So you, you kind of made, you had your moment and you started moving forward. You were looking for a bunch of different coaches. And of course the, the whole, you know, binging and binge eating was not really a thing at that point in time. So people didn't know how to deal with it what were you looking for in a coach and how long did it take you to find someone who really ended up helping you in the way that you needed to be helped to move forward?
1: So for a long time I had to kind of coach myself. Actually I did have to coach myself because I wasn't finding anybody, but I feel that the beauty and we had this conversation earlier is that don't be scared to invest. You have to invest. You need somebody to help give you that insight and the tools that you need to get you from where you are to where you want to be. And sometimes most of the times you're going to invest in really shitty coaches, but the beauty behind investing in really shitty coaches is that it gives you the clarity of what you don't want. um, Of what you don't want. So then when you are looking for your, Your your ideal coach. You have the insight of what you do want and what you are looking for Um, And a lot of times it's even like hiring people like as a business owner when you're hiring people You're not going to really know what you want unless you've already kind of hired multiple people or unless you've been in that industry of hiring so It's important to know what you don't want so that you have the clarity to know of what you do want Um, so It's like dating. Yeah, it it is. It's dating. It's dating and, I mean, everything. It's like that. It's even like food. Like, how are you going to know you don't like limes unless you've ever experienced and tried them? You won't. Exactly. You're not going to. So it is important to just, like, you know, definitely invest in yourself. I'm sure you'll get something out of it. But it's also really important to know, like, when it's time to move forward and it's time to move on. And when you know that person or that coach is no longer serving you so when it comes to hiring coaches personally for me um, I need to make they they need to really have an interest where it is about me because I'm the one paying for this service and as an energy exchange I need them to be all about me Mm -hmm. Um, yes I do want them to share experiences and stories like if it's in relation to the topic but It has to be from a service-based space. There are a lot of coaches that are very self-absorbed. That's all about them and it's their way and that's the only way. But when I look for coaches, I look for somebody who's gone through the trenches. I want somebody who I can relate to in many ways. Like, for example, my business coach, she went from welfare to self-made millionaire. She gets it. He's going to be able to give Um, Her students solutions to things for most people who maybe were born into money that don't understand The emotional side of trauma of it the the mental trauma of it, you know, like like the ups and the downs like she's in it She's like very engaged um, Somebody who's very nurturing that comes in and really like takes interest. You're not just another number to them you're actually like regardless if you're signing up for an online program, if you're signing up for like one-on-one, that you're actually feel like you're nurtured and taken care of. That's really important. I feel like as a coach, a coaches, I feel like coaches, like ideal coaches are people who are almost like guides. They are guides, um, and there is no one solution fits all because everybody is in a different space in their life. Um, to provide them with tools so that eventually they become self-sufficient. That's I the coach that. to teach yes. their students to become self-sufficient and not dependent or codependent because that's a reason why they're hiring the coach anyway, to provide them with the tools and the resources so that they can be able and feel capable to doing whatever they need to do on their own, whether it being physically, whether it being business-wise, whatever it may be.
0: I love that. That's so true. And that's, I I like to use my resources wisely and I don't want somebody to feel like they are depending on me. Like Mm -hmm. I want them to be confident enough in their abilities to say, I'm going to go to the gym today and I know I can do this exercise with good form. I know what I'm supposed to do when I get there. I have a plan. I have Mm -hmm. a template. They've taught me how to use the machines. I'm not going to walk in there and not know what to do with myself. And that is like such a liberating feeling when you get that response from a client that says, I did it. Like, yeah, I felt confident when I went to the gym or today, this is what I ate. And I know why I ate it because it made me feel good. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't feel like I had to call you or text you and ask if it was okay. And it's like, they can give themselves permission finally to, to be happy about their choices and confident in their choices. And that is like, that's like a world winning experience every time. Oh yeah. And that, all, and that all comes down to
1: feeling, um, to trusting themselves. You know, you hire a coach to get you to the space where that you feel capable and that you can trust your ability to be successful in, you know, working out at the gym on their own, you know, cause they're educated. Um, so yeah, that's exactly what it is. So I think, I think that's the biggest thing, the, the biggest, biggest thing, um, when it comes to like having a coach i mean those are those are the main like core core things i mean of course you want to have like personality everybody has different like personality preference somebody you can relate to somebody that speaks your language but for the most part i think those are the biggest things somebody who is a, a service-based runs a service-based business where it's of service um, it's really about their their clients their customers um, they're students, I call my, my clients students because I feel like a teacher. Um, and so the, that's the verbiage I use, my, I call them my babies, you know, like very motherly. <laughs> yeah. um, and you know, also um, just making them know that these are the tools, I'm just your guide, like a guidance counselor for this specific area. And after about three months, you're going to feel super self-sufficient and you're not going to need me anymore. You might want me, but you're not going to need me. And there's a huge difference between the two, needing somebody and wanting somebody.
0: Definitely. I think there are certain phases of life that you go through where you'll need a coach for a certain period Mm -hmm. of time. And then you'll kind of, you know, you'll outgrow them. Like you said earlier, you'll move past or you'll come back to them at a different point. Yeah, the job is, you know, it's not to rely on them forever. It's, Hey, I'm stuck right here. How do I get from point A to point B? Okay, I've gotten there. Now we can move forward in a different direction or towards a new goal. And if you don't have advice here, then I need to go to a different person for some different expertise. And that's okay. Yeah. And I think a lot of people might get caught up in oh this is going to cost a lot of money and you know do I have to pay for this forever no it shouldn't be a forever thing and if a coach makes you feel that way when you first talk to them you should reevaluate that so what are some some tips or advice that you would give to folks who they're looking at hiring their first coach what should they be asking this person kind of as as their interview process what should they be asking this person to see if they're a good fit yeah. So I
1: think that's a great question. Um, uh, what to look for when you're hiring a coach, uh, definitely you need to do your research. So spend a lot of time really like watching. I like to like, kind of be like, I don't just go and be like, Oh my gosh, I like you. And like, I want to hire you now. Like I take my time. I recommend even my students when they're thinking about, um, hiring people like that aren't living in this area, cause I do recommend they get a personal trainer that I do when I'm doing my online coaching as like guiding and setting up their programs and just, you know, giving them like whatever program they set up, sign up for, but that you kind of like observe the interaction of the coach. So like, take your time, do your research, do your homework, look at the testimonials, look at client satisfaction. You can even go and reach out to other uh, clients and testimonials like, Hey, I noticed you with so-and-so how, tell me a little bit about your experience. I'm thinking about investing in their program. I'm thinking about hiring them as a coach. Um, and, you know, if they're a great coach, I always recommend, I'm like, would you feel more confident if I gave you a couple, if you would like to contact some of my students, like they would love to, because my students are like my family, they're my babies. And even ones that I'm not even working with anymore, that I didn't work with for years, like we still have a relationship. Um, and so, you know, I think that's a really, really, really important one. And also like, don't be afraid to test out several coaches or a lot of um, people like I offer free assessments and I interview them. We interview each other and you got to take it just like, you know, if you're going to go into a job or whatever, because as you mentioned, it is a relationship. You are going to be working closely together for, you know, for me, it's a minimum of three months mm-hmm, unless same. you're investing in a course, like sometimes I'll have like a three week uh, habit reset course this week, and I'm doing a three day boot. Food- food prep boot camp launch, you know, it's like a little mini course as like groups. But other than that, like when I'm actually working one-on-one with a student, it's a three month minimum requirement. And so it's really important. Like I, you know, I have an interview thing and like, I'm very like um, thorough with it. And most really like respectful coaches will have a really solid like interview process before even going in. And I know for me, when I'm not a good fit for somebody, I'm like, listen, I think that there's somebody else that is going to be able to serve you better. I'm going to connect you with that person. And so, um, you know, reaching out to multiple people and just I think that all still comes back to where, like really doing your research and then trusting your instinct. Something inside of you is going to be like, yes. I don't know why it's saying yes, but I just feel something inside of me is saying yes. It's a green light because sometimes you might, work, might interview a coach or look into a coach, and they might sound fabulous. Their resume might sound fabulous. Their credentials will sound extraordinary. Their testimonials will look like gold. And you have – but something inside of you is like a knot in your stomach. It's like a red light. It's like a knot. It's like a tension in your body. And Mm -hmm. that's your body's internal – like I explain it, that everybody has an internal light system in your body. It's a red light, a yellow light, and a green light. And I explain this when I do exercises with my students. And like if something, something feels like weird, that's a yellow light. I mean like, you know, in the joints or something, like kind of hurts, that's a yellow light. You're gonna go one of two ways. You're gonna go either back to the green light, which you have to communicate with me, because that's your responsibility. And we're gonna bring you back into something that we're gonna work around it and give you a different exercise. Or you're gonna go the route right of the red light, which means it's already too late and uh you just hurt yourself you torn something so it's the same thing you've just invested what two thousand dollars three thousand dollars five thousand dollars and maybe there's no refund so you had to have listened to that that light system inside of your body and sometimes something might not even make sense and you're like i don't know why the heck i feel this green light inside of me to go work with this person but i feel like i need to invest in this
0: and like you know, Mm -hmm. go with that. That's a, yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Why do you think, and I mean, I'm the same way. I have, you know, minimum three months. Why a minimum of three months? Like, have you found in your working with clients and students and your babies that, you know, Mm really about the three month mark is when they start see results or why is, why that three month time period for you? So three months, I look
1: at it as like um, a three month requirement that I, that I have is because it's kind of like when you're doing strength training and you have three sets. The first set is like, what the hell is this? (laughs) I'm not kidding. You know what I mean. Like as a coach, when you teach strength training and the first time a student ever does an exercise for the very first time, you're like, what the hell is this? This feels really weird. Okay. The second time you perform the exercise is like, okay, I think I get and I understand this. I think I get it. I I think this feels a little bit better. It feels a a little less weird. And then the third set set is like, okay, I I got it. I think I I, I have a good grasp of this. I totally get what you're saying. I feel it in the muscles I'm supposed to feel it in. And, And that's kind of like how the three months work. The first month is like you're totally shaking somebody's normal because their normal way of being no longer serves them. And they know that they want to make a change and they're wanting to move to the direction of where they want to go. As a coach, we have to shake up and ravel that normal, not to the point where it feels uh, um, uncapable. That's why they have us as support so that they, Mm -hmm. they feel safe to make that shift. So you're shaking up their normal and you're creating new habits. We're setting Um, different patterns. We're getting them on a schedule. We're um, recreating and shifting things. So things are just, it, it takes, it takes 21 days to create the foundation of a habit. It takes six months. I really would think it takes eight to 10 months to really instill a lifestyle habit where they'll never go back. But three months is a really good landmark where somebody at least has a solid foundation. Love but that. The first, but the first month is literally just instilling like the, the basic foundation, but
0: a full foundation
1: takes about three months.
0: Very cool. I, that's a really good analogy. I've not thought of it that way, but I like it. It's good. Use it. I would I just might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So I want to be respectful of your time. We're sure. kind of getting close to two yeah. or three your time, but I want you to quickly go over some of the launches and things that you have going on. That way we can kind of showcase a little bit more of what you do. So you mentioned your BVOM Academy, your food prep bootcamp. Give us an idea of what those entail. Yeah, so um, I'm over at
1: Instagram and I usually have like all my upcoming things. I try not to flood my Instagram account because it can get, I feel like, you know, it gets too overwhelming when you got too many options. So any information I have, like links on my Instagram is at Diet Junkie, J-U-N-K-E. And um, right now, my main focus is the food prep boot camp, which is going to be Friday through Sunday. It's a three-day intensive. We host this online, so it doesn't matter where you're located. Um, You can do it at the comfort of your home. And the first day, we really dive down into um, body goals. So that entire course, I'm actually including the entire first day. We're doing a two-day live stream of that. Um, and then the second day is going to be like the prep before the prep, like grocery shopping and alignment to, you know, uh, just teaching somebody how to not just like the grocery shopping thing that I put together, but like really customizing it based now on how they want to feel in their body. So if you're already exactly where you want to be in your body, what foods are now going to kind of align with that core feeling. And also we have sites based on, you know, foods that are in season. So create, so preventing food boredom. I mean, there's so many things. I can't remember all of like things going on because it's all organized, but I'm so excited about it. And then the third day is actually like the prep, like the strategies behind the prep, um, you know, kitchen, kitchen setup, tools that are needed, different ways of cooking, um, kind of how to create a buffet in your fridge so that you're not eating the same thing every day, which is food Ooh, that's fun. Uh, So much fun. Yeah. I don't like doing the same thing every day. I don't like eating the same foods every day, but I cycle through things. I have my main core stuff, my main mm-hmm. core food groups. I have my main core, um, exercises and I cycle through them to keep myself like stimulated and excited and looking forward to everything that I eat and everything that I exercise. And I'm just sharing all of the strategies and the tips and the secrets and the blueprints like in there. So that's going to be going on more recently, more focused towards the summer. So, so that's starting tomorrow, June 15th through the 17th. Yeah. So that's the 15th through the 17th. Um, and then, you know, there's, we're going to be cycling through courses, but I'm always offering, um, consults. So if anybody's interested in like consultations, um, or just, you know, I would be able to guide them on what course or program is going to happen. Um, what's going on, what I recommend. I always refer out if it's not a good fit, but that they can just email me over at Tanya at info at Tanya at Tanya And I send out a questionnaire. And then from there, if it's a good fit, we'll do a follow-up call. If not, then I refer out because I don't, I only take people that are in alignment with, if I can really help them.
0: Makes sense. So, so just give us an example. Then who would, who would you refer out immediately if you saw something in their questionnaire? who is definitely not a good fit for you? Somebody who's
1: absolutely not a good fit for me is anybody who wants to be on a diet program. Somebody who wants to compete. My main core focus is, are people who seek out food freedom and body change. Um, awesome. I want, I like people who, um, want to be self-sufficient. Uh um, okay. mostly my main people that I can help the most are literally yo-yo dieters and weight cyclers, mm-hmm. but they have to have already been in the space of being fed up. They had to have already been on that last diet already. Um, because if they're wanting another diet program, I am not a good fit. Fair it's going to be like that end result.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Done. No, that's awesome because we need people out there that do all of these different types. And for me, I mean, I know yeah. we already talked about this. I love tracking my macros, not all yeah. the time, but I enjoy having the phase where I'm really meticulous about that. And so I like teaching that to people. Yeah. So somebody who totally doesn't want that is obviously not a good fit for me. I will refer over to you.
1: <laughs> Anybody that wants to learn how to count macros, you're going over to Dane. That's who you're going over to. Anybody who doesn't want to count anything and who is tired of it and just wants like that – like food freedom and they they just want to like then i'll be able to help but other than that but you also compete so it's an entirely different it's an entirely different thing like yeah competing is a sport it's an art form there are specific things that you do have to do um i don't compete anymore i've done two of them so i get it um but uh like i said i didn't have the experience of having great coaches, but mm-hmm. um, during the but It's campaign, cool that you have that perspective still. Yeah. No, there are so many great coaches out there. Um, you seem like you're a great one. I haven't worked with you personally. Right. So I can't tell my experience, <laughs> but just conversing with you and how educated you are and how passionate and you really care about people. Um, I can tell that you you have all the qualities of a great coach, just like well, thank I'm sure you assume
0: with me just having a conversation, you know? Oh yeah. I feel like you would be so much fun to work with in my seasons where I don't want to track.
1: <laughs> yeah. But then you might not want to go back to tracking.
0: It's, <laughs> so, well, and I might not at some point, you never know. <laughs> yeah. So I think
1: that, um, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's you, everybody you, and you have to, Like, I'm so grateful that I did learn how to count calories and do all that stuff because I know that that's not what I want anymore. But during the time that I went through it when I was competing, it's something that was resourceful. So it just depends on what your goals are and what you're doing. And if you're, you know, if you're okay with it mentally, I Mm -hmm. wasn't okay with it mentally, I wasn't mentally stable with it. It wasn't for my mental health and well, right. You have to be in the right place to be able to approach things from that perspective. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Awesome.
0: Well, Tanya, before our last question, uh, where can people find you, follow you, connect with you, get more information about your programs?
1: Yeah. So um, I'm over at Instagram at diet junkie, uh, J U N K E taking the I out of the yo-yoing. So that's why it's J U N K E. Yeah, a lot of people are like, wait, you're anti-diet, but your name is Diet Junkie. I'm like, yeah, because we're taking the I out of the cycling of it. So it was like kind of a, I don't know, what's the word where it's like total opposite? I can't, I'm drawing a blank. I don't know. (laughs) I know, I can't think of it right now. But yeah, so that's... um, that's pretty much uh, where they can find me on Instagram. I'm launching my YouTube channel July 1st. So a lot more exercise demos and recipes and stuff like that. But I have a lot of freebies on the link tree on my Instagram and also my website,
0: uh, www.tanyasilva.com. Awesome. Okay. Well, everybody listening or watching all of the information will be either in the video description or the show notes, whether you're listening or watching the video. So make sure you check that out. And last but not least, what would be your three biggest uh, fitness, health, and travel food tips for our listeners and watchers today? Okay, so uh,
1: you want three tips on um, what did you say?
0: (laughs) So just like takeaways from today that are related to fitness, health,
1: and travel. Okay, so I feel that my biggest takeaway, if I had to give one, um, I know you said three, but I feel like it's all like connected is that what it comes down to the core of everything is that your self-care is the foundation to self-love and you have to give yourself permission and especially I feel that as women we tend to put ourselves last on our priority list
0: oh, yes. um, and, and then
1: eventually <laughs> we never get to the self that by prioritizing ourselves and putting our oxygen mask on first, we are then better able to show up in every single thing that we do in our life as our best self. And if you are not showing up and being deliberate and being on purpose as your best self, then you're just not showing up, period. So exercise, food, and self-care are the fi- foundation Of being in your best self. And so it's really important to
0: make those non-negotiable. I love that. That's super powerful. Make it a non-negotiable to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for being on the show today and for helping work out with the technical difficulties and whatnot at the beginning. (laughs) And everyone get it. Right? Everyone listening and watching, thank you so much for being here. If you love this episode and you found value in it, then please Either give it a thumbs up, like it, share it, whatever platform you're listening on. And the best way to show us some support is head on over to iTunes or SoundCloud. Leave us a five-star rating and review. And then screenshot this and tag us on Instagram. You've already heard Tanya is at Diet Junkie, D-I-E-T-J-U-N-K-E. And I'm at Danny Phillips, D-A-N-Y-E-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S. So thank you again. We love you so much. And we can't wait to talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye, everyone.